0: what's up everyone welcome to the spiritual gangsters podcast this is a show for all the people who keep it 100% real who've been through life able to turn their pain into purpose for people who've struggled with faith yet keep asking questions and seeking the truth A show for us to share our thoughts, experiences, and stories, and know that we're not alone. For all the OGs who see through the world's BS, this is the Spiritual Gangsters. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Spiritual Gangsters Podcast. It's me, Teresa, your host, and I'm here with my favorite partner in podcasting crime, the NY Patriot. Say yeah. what's up.
1: What up, what up? What's going on? How are you? Very good, thank you very much. Great. And yourself?
0: We're recording at night, so it's like <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's
0: like a different vibe.
1: Yeah, Shane had even said uh, it looks different at night in my uh, kitchen. Instead of this beam of light coming in, you can actually see what's it behind does. me.
0: <laughs> it does, and I'm like cramp- cramped in my basement right now. I'm like hiding out from like my kids who are asleep upstairs. So it's funny, but um, yeah, we're joined by our good friend today, Mr. Shane Jones. What um, yeah, you have a few different shows, Jen. You've got "Increase of Our Reality," "Bizarre Encounters," and "Big Dumb Inquiries." Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Did I miss anything?
2: Uh, no. Just Open Minds okay. Media, it's a little thing that I do. But I'm still trying <laughs> yes. to figure that out. So that's still kind of open the air at the moment on what's going on with that. But still, yeah, I got the main three main shows. <laughs> oh,
1: why awesome. don't you plug yeah. that that other thing? Because I know the are listeners like you have that on Discord, correct?
2: Uh, open Minds Media. Yes. Um, I switched it over to Telegram now. Oh, now I have like a okay. creator side over on Discord, but I figured it just got too hectic for like the listener side. Okay. So I moved it to, do it to a Discord. So if anybody wants to check that out, um, if you check out the link tree for Open Minds Media, which you can find, if you find it anywhere on social media, you can pretty much find that link tree address. It's in the uh, there's already. a link for the Telegram in there. Awesome. Right.
0: Awesome. So yeah, do you want to like plug your shows? And I would love for you to explain like the difference between the three just so people know like, what they are listening to where.
2: Oh, for sure. So yeah. my first show that I started was uh, Inquiries of Our Reality. Uh, the idea with that was that I was just a very inquisitive person, so I just asked a lot of questions, so hence that show kind of took its shape. I had a totally different idea in the beginning of what it was going to be and it ended up kind of just becoming its own thing. It's kind of just become like a open-minded conspiracy slash whatever just open-minded alternative topic kind of talk show so some shows are more like an interview some shows are more like open discussion but it's all just free flow conversation just get into whatever we happen to get into ask whatever questions and it's just a fun show pretty laid back easy to listen to uh shooting off of that i uh do a swap cast show with uh kyle from the big dumb podcast uh that's big dumb inquiries so the idea with that is that it's on both of our feeds. So it's a Swapcast show. So it's why it's kind of convic- mixes both of our names. So, you know, Big Dumb for Kyle's show and then Inquiries for my show mashed together. And with that one, it's like a clip discussion type show. Some episodes are funny. Some episodes are serious. It kind of just takes its shape. However, you know, the guest happens to be. Um, the idea is that we'll like sandwich clips. So I'll bring a clip. Kyle, bring a clip. And then we'll have a guest bring a clip. And we'll all go into it blind, not knowing what the other person's clips are. And then we'll get, like, blind reactions and just discuss, you know, whatever happens to pop up. And the show just kind of takes on wherever it happens it takes on. If we get sidetracked, we get sidetracked. It's just a yeah. fun, open-minded conversation talk show. And then uh, the newest one I got going, uh, which is going to be on episode 4 or 5 this week, we have recorded up to 6, is uh, Bizarre Encounters with a ghost from My Third Eye. Uh, nice. That one is all... Uh, cryptids, aliens, paranormal, all that kind of shit, all in one place. Um, that one, the difference between that and my other show is that this one, yes, there is some interviews mainly just basing around like authors and uh, like people that research that type, that field of things and uh, experiencers coming on for interviews. And then we also got like the deep dive side of that show where, you know, we'll dig into different cryptids, uh, paranormal things, alien things. So uh, like the first one we did that was a dive episode was uh, – humanoid cryptids land air and sea so we did you know one from land one from air one from sea so we did mantis man for land uh we did bat Squatch for air and then we did Ninjin for sea and then after that our next uh one that we just recorded that i still gotta finish editing is a uh, ghost went to a haunted orphanage in gettysburg oh, so we talk about that and the history of that and then the oh, second man. half is a uh, sam the Sandown clown and we called that one leave them kids alone because it's all creepy shit based in the kids oh. and that's kind of building up towards our halloween spooky type shit but you know all that kind of fun stuff that's what i've been doing lately (laughs) that's
0: crazy wow you're a busy dude man
2: hey i like keeping busy though keeps me entertained (laughs) and uh keeps my mind busy because i'm one of those people that i'm like a crazy overthinker Mm. so rather than you know focusing on things i don't need to focus on i usually kind of use this metaphor where i say the overthinking mind is kind of like a machine like a like a heavy machine. Like when you first walk up to it, everything's really confusing. You don't know what the hell is going on. You don't know how to operate it properly. So you're just weighing over your head. But once you figure out how to operate it properly, you can do things that you could never imagine that you could do. And it's all about just knowing how to use the hardware and the machine properly. So that's kind of how I keep my mind busy. Instead of thinking about things that I don't need to think about, I expand into different theories. Um, I listen to podcasts, I listen to lectures, I listen to all that kind of shit and, you know, keep that over my mind Brain working and then it keeps me preoccupied. And I don't know, I enjoy it. It's all that matters, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a really good metaphor, I think, because probably most of us in this field of thinking are overthinkers, most likely. So it's like if you give yourself something to keep your mind occupied, it's probably more positive and productive than just turning the wheels and spinning about nothing, you know?
2: Yeah, because you hear a lot of people that have overthinking minds and they're just worried about conversations they had earlier that day or mm. what does this person think of me or this or that. Well, so rather than deal with that shit, you know, just be yourself and think about conspiracies and Bigfoot. <laughs> what the hell else you want to think about?
0: Fun <laughs> <laughs> conspiracies, not like World Economic Forum conspiracies. That's not yeah. good.
2: I mean, you can dig into that, but you also have to have the light side. That's the trick. Yes. Because I I touch on my show when it gets into like elite pedophiles, some dark shit. But at the same time, I talk about some fun stuff. So you get into spirituality, all that kind of shit. You got to balance like most things in life.
0: Yeah. You know, you've gone like down a lot of rabbit holes when like it got to one point like last year, two years ago, where like my relaxing time was like flat earth. I was like, that's my break. That's my break from like heavy. Because we're like, let's just explore something fun. Like I don't know, flatter.
2: That's me <laughs> with I like cryptids like, and stuff, which aren't even yeah, really like
0: anything. Exactly, like, it's, it's like people getting like attacked
2: stuff, right? and stuff, but it's still fun, you know? Yeah. It's you know, like, oh, it's
1: me light. and Lux. <laughs> me and Lux thought that about Skinwalker Ranch series before we got into it. We're like, oh, that would be an easy, fun one. And six parts later, uh, yeah, <laughs> it turned out right? to be something way different. But I, I get what you're saying. With um, I try to do that kind of with like my Freaky Friday show. It's a little bit lighthearted. It's, it's not so serious, but you can still get something out of it, and it's fun, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I totally get what you're getting at. And uh, like I've two even spreading the
2: truth. There's, yeah, yeah. You know, like a, the getting the stuff out that isn't said, and then there's getting the stuff out that gets repressed, and then usually the repressed stuff is the fun stuff, and then like the stuff that needs to be said to the people is you know like the pedophiles, all that kind yeah, of shit you get yes, into. Yes. Yeah, Two sides of truth,
1: probably. you know? I was even saying, uh, I had told Shane, Teresa, I said that uh, me, you, him, and Ghost, one night, only because they're only available at night, we should do a uh, Freaky Fridays slash Bizarre Encounters and get a guest. Like a, yeah, yeah that would be, be cool. Yeah, we could swap that.
0: Definitely, be, yeah, I'm down. Because yeah, I think uh, <laughs> all
1: four of us would fit pretty well in that type of uh, discussion.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know, uh, both you and I have been lucky enough to be guests on Shane's shows uh, probably a few times for you. And now I think I'm on my second for inquiries of our reality. So mm-hmm. we we'll I just have to finish up later. <laughs> <laughs> I Do think, think uh,
2: some- Nitri is about the same as you then because he's been on my show once with... Uh- With Lux, and then he's been on Big Dumb Inquiries. So Mm you got two, he's got two. I got to keep doing more in the future. Okay, nice. Yo, Big Dumb Inquiries
1: was, uh, for real, for the people listening, I had a fucking great time on there, for real. And, like, if you're somebody who's... Because you guys do go live with that. I have noticed sometimes, right?
2: Yeah, we usually go live with uh, every episode now, and then we do, like, uh, the regular, it comes out every Tuesday. It's a good it's everybody that wants so, to watch it live can pop on and we just kind of do it sporadically but every episode we do we do do live. It's just not set to a specific time that we do it every week so gotcha.
0: Yeah, I see. Yeah, the ones that I have caught live, I've found them very enjoyable honestly. <laughs> yeah. and like cuz you never know what like the clips are going to be. I think it was one time like shout out to Amit from Hocket podcast. He came on and he like shared something about like porn or whatever and I was like what's going on? <laughs>
2: <laughs> talking about like all the angles they purposely do, and they're talking yeah, about uh... like that. And
0: I was like, yo, <laughs> I did not expect that. From Holy me. shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then he was talking about like uh how they use all these like pads and all this different shit when they're like filming movies so they don't rub on each other the wrong way and everybody feels respected when they're doing the sex scenes. <laughs> like it was fucking god. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, I was kind of on oh, in the
0: background. Sh- I was just laughing to myself because I just did not expect it that whatsoever. He's so like calm and sweet and I was just like whoa I mean
2: Then somebody brought something about vegetarians and you just went off on another tangent too there's <laughs> certain things yes, you can get on the going right. that yeah. was so funny Oh, what, what, oh is, he, is he not into being a vegetarian he used to be mm-hmm. and then he realized like how much is wrong with it and yes. how it's actually not good for your body so he completely looked back that's the other way oh he was right. a vegan yeah he's was even farther yeah. than I thought he was
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, we've, uh, we've discussed it at length, me and him, so, yeah. But, um, okay, so, like, how did you initially come into, like, conspiracies and waking up, for lack of a better term, the cliché?
2: <laughs> well, I guess that depends how far back you want to go. Do you want to talk about life in general, or are you talking about, like, where I felt I need to start a show and a podcast?
0: Let's start from the beginning
2: from the very beginning. There's a lot to the story, (laughs) but I'll do it as the semi repressed repressed, whatever the word is, version of the story. So (laughs) going back to when I was really, really young, um, I don't remember exactly when it started. I just kind of remember it happening, but I would go to sleep and then I would wake up and I would see myself sleeping. And when I first started it, when I was a kid, it kind of started off as like, you know, I felt like something was watching me, but it was more like curious, not like scary or anything like that. Just know, just trying to see what I would do. But I didn't really like understand what was going on because I was a really young kid at the time. But one thing that I did realize with it is every single time that I would have these dreams where I would see myself sleeping, I would, when I would wake up, I would automatically get sleep paralysis directly after. So then I started linking that to when I astro travel, I would get sleep paralysis. And when I just had a normal dream, then I wouldn't get it directly after. So Mm. going into like when I was a teenager, well, you know, kind of building up, I guess, into the conspiracy stuff. Like when I was in elementary school, of course, like everybody starts getting interested in like aliens, all like the weird stuff back then. Uh, I was one that was always really into anything that was, I guess, sci-fi or folklore or anything like that. So when there was like the Scholastics book fairs, I'd always grab like all the alien books, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, <laughs> uh, all the folklore stuff, talking about uh, like vampires and werewolves and all that kind of cool shit. Were you into like Goosebumps and stuff? Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, (laughs) I I don't know if you guys have them, but we have this thing called Michigan Chillers where they were like chapter books, and they were just talking about like uh, they'd be based off of different cities in Michigan, and it would be like uh, Wolfmen of this place, Vampires of this place. It was kind of like a Goosebumps thing, but it was like a Michigan-only type thing. And then he ended up doing uh, American Chillers, but I don't know how far out they got as far as America goes. I don't know if it was still kind of based around a Michigan thing because he started off with the Michigan Chillers, but... I used to read the shit out of those books. Those things were awesome. That sound um, crazy. Oh, yeah. You'll have to look into them when, uh, after the show because it's almost like Goosebumps, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like the Michigander thing because it's cool just to see all the different cities that you already know in Michigan. But well,
0: For sure. It would be cool to see your own local area and like learn more about the creepy side of it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so, you know, I got into all those kind of books, all that kind of fun stuff. I uh, got into space and all that, of course. Um, so, as everything progressed, I had all these kind of like weird experiences when I'd go to sleep as a kid, but nothing really like crazy ever happened. Um, I got into when I was a teenager and when I was a teenager, I, it was, things were a little bit darker, you know, cause everybody kind of has that like teenage angst kind of shit going on. And I feel like nice. that whole aura of the, whatever, if it, you're bringing things closer to you or if you're something that's just coming from your own subconscious, kind of gets dark, you know, depending on like what you're going through in your mind. So that's when I started seeing, like, a lot of, uh, like, shadow people. But they wouldn't come close. they kind of be off in the distance. And specifically, I'd always see this one with green eyes that would watch me from afar. But it would never got close. But he was always bigger than all the other ones. I assume it was a he. I just kind of – that's how it felt. Um, so, like I said, he never really got super close to me or anything like that. Just weird things kind of happening here and there. Um, so then fast forward a little bit to when I was 18 – 19, kind of that area, it seemed like this kind of stuff stopped. Like, it didn't happen nearly as often. And when that happened, it seemed frequent that I also wouldn't remember my dreams at all. Uh, uh-huh. But when I did remember my dreams, they would be super-duper vivid, and I'd always get sleep paralysis after, which also kind of made it weird that I felt like I'd only remember these, like, astral projection dreams, but I wouldn't know how I would, like, get myself into that. Um, so after that... Um, I guess this there's a couple different stories that kind of kind of intermix, and they all aren't going to go chronologically into each other. So I'll just kind of finish this dream travel story, and then I'll get into my other weird experiences after that, kind of intermix between all of this. Sure. Um, so this this of course got me fascinated into like the spiritual aspect of everything, just having these sleep dr- sleep paralysis experiences, all that kind of stuff. So fast forward to when I'm with my girlfriend that I'm currently with, um, I I had it. This is kind of intermixed with the other story. I guess I'll leave this part as part of the other story, but I had, we were trying to have a kid and we ended up uh, losing one at eight weeks and, oh crap, I missed another part of the story. So, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I haven't told this one in uh, like chronological order for a while. Um, So when I was a teenager, I got to mention that there was this one specific place that I did see. um, But. Every other time that I had sleep paralysis, or not sleep paralysis, when I astro projected as a kid, I would uh, always just kind of be around my room. I wouldn't go anywhere really far or anywhere crazy. It'd just be normal places that I was used to seeing. So mm-hmm. one specific place, I didn't know if I was in a dream and I didn't, or I didn't know if I was astro projecting, but I was in this place that was, the best way to describe it was the middle of space inside of a, like a purple nebula, and I wasn't really standing in it or floating. I was just kind of existing in it. But I woke up from this and I had sleep paralysis directly after. So then I questioned like where that place was, if it was a place, if it was a dream, if it was an astral projection. So then fast forward to what I was saying uh, with us having trying to have a kid and then it ended up um, not having a heartbeat after eight weeks. Uh, We're just going through kind of a hard time. Um, So I ended up having another astral projection experience where I went to the same place that I saw that I was just describing. That was like that nebula in the middle of space. And I saw this kid that was about six, seven months or not six, seven months, six, seven years old. And he looked just like me. And he pretty much said, that wasn't a good one. I'll see you on the next one. So when I woke up, I got sleep paralysis directly after, again, like the first time that I had seen this place. So then that's when I kind of started digging into like the spiritual side of this place, kind of wondering if it was like a birthplace for consciousness or a place where consciousness goes to get recycled Um, Mm -hmm. so a couple weeks later, I figure out that my girlfriend's pregnant again. And then, you know, a couple weeks after that, I figure out that I'm having a son. So everything kind of came together at that point where I always had these like questions about spirituality as I was growing up where I didn't quite understand it or know what was going on. But after that, that was kind of like the, the main component for me where I couldn't explain it. So it just made me know that there was something else connecting past this, that it wasn't just something that was in my subconscious, because I don't know how, like you would have been able to make that connection. But every day I try to remember that face that I saw so that I can compare it to when my kid gets a little bit older and I can know if I had that same connection and, you know, I'll know if it was him or not. And if it really was just not the right one. And that's why he came on this, the second vessel. Um, Mm -hmm. But that that kind of explains like the spiritual side of how I kind of came into like where I'm at with my podcast. Now, as far as um, it goes into like waking up and just a bunch of other different things happening when I got into like the cryptid aspect of things, um, I like I said I was always kind of into it when I was a kid. Um, I was always into aliens, all that kind of stuff, uh, just different creatures, Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Um, but I had this weird experience where. My girlfriend and I used to go to this place called Northville uh, Psychiatric Hospital when we weren't going there when it was running. It was abandoned place <laughs> to our <were> mental. <laughs> like
0: we just go for fun.
2: <laughs> we just hang out there. You know, no, yeah. Just, I used we eat the popsicles. To- we play in the jackets. You know, <laughs> we pop, hop, hop, around the padded room. You know, it's it's like paying for go to a bounce house, but it's free. You Yo, know? back in the
1: day, no lie, back in the day, we used to go to. Uh, sometimes we actually go out over by Pilgrim State. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's like a famous psychiatric center. I mean, I think it was actually the most bricks (laughs) ever used in, like, a in in some kind of... It was, like, the most bricks ever used, I think, in either the United States or, like, in the world for, like, their, their whole structure or some shit over there. But uh, oh, it was, like, oh, oh, it, it was huge buildings and buildings for, like, crazy people. And I think there's, like, a rehab and a therapeutic community there now, too. But there's, like, mad empty buildings that we used to go to at night and just fucking go through. We'd have our fucking flashlights. Some of the buildings, like, the, you know, the doors are broken down. And you can go in there and you can literally, like, find, like, uh, those, uh, what are those fucking file cabinets? And you can, like, pull out mm-hmm. fucking files from people that were there back in the 60s and shit.
2: Dude, that was literally what this place was like. It, was it was fucking creepy as fuck. Place. We'd
1: be like, I think I was more nervous of r- running into, like, a crazy homeless person than, like, a ghost. Because we were like, <laughs> oh, if this place is haunted, if, you know, if this, if this place was going to be haunted, it would definitely be here, you know? So, we were, like, we were oh, going yeah. into specific buildings. Like, they were ghost hunting, and I think I was just more of, like, you know, some, like, dope fiend going to come out and try to stab us. The <laughs> ghost, well, you know what I'm saying? The ghost, the ghost can't fuck with you, yeah. really. I mean, physically, you know, you I don't know. know. Yeah, that's how I was thinking. So, I was more, more worried about the humans, not the ghosts. <laughs>
2: A ghost you know, can throw a needle across the room. I guess, yeah. Happy with that damn needle. Yeah, <laughs> it's so
0: funny. Yeah. No, and I even went to uh, went to college on a campus that was a former psychiatric hospital campus. So, like, they would say like all oh, the buildings were haunted or whatever. I never experienced anything, but because I was only there in the day. But I'm sure at night it was probably creepy as fuck.
2: <laughs> Dude, this place was creepy as shit. It was literally like he was describing. It was like a full campus setup, but everything <sighs> yeah. was abandoned. Like yeah, that's what it was, it was like. build like. the, so the dorms, like all that fun shit, you know. Yo, we found and tunnels we like, that would go from one building
1: to the next. We were like, "Yo, what the fuck?"
2: This place also had tunnels, bro, and they Ugh. went all up underneath Northville, and they're all abandoned it's tunnels. Crazy. So, like, you so could go creepy. Other places too. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I
1: just think that shit was fucking wild. But, dude, that place,
2: we had that place mapped out when we used to go there. Like, we used to go there so much every weekend that we, like, knew every building. There was a police station right next door. We knew how to, like, duck and dive, where to park at, all that kind of crazy shit, you know? But, like, this place was just creepy as shit. There was one not super crazy experience that happened where we we're upstairs and we we're staring at this door. And as we looked at it, it slammed shut. So that was probably, like, the main, like, paranormal experience I had specifically there. Uh, there was one that followed us home when we were, like, taking pictures. them like sharp shit
0: (laughs) so they make it out of foam instead of like wood
2: (laughs) so like we brought that fucking thing home and uh my girlfriend and I we uh both came downstairs because we were living at her parents house and we were down at the bottom of the stairs and she was about to go and get a snack so she walked around I was standing up by the stairs we both made eye contact on the couch with just this dark figure that was just like Anybody that's seen a shadow person, like it's hard, it's hard to describe unless you know what I'm talking about, but it's like a shadow that's darker than everything else that's dark. Like even at night in the dark, like you can see this just darker outline of like a body sitting there and it was sitting on the couch and she was like, like just walked right past it, you know, not even like seeing it, but not knowing how to react. So she just kind of continued what she was doing, you know, yeah, she's <laughs> like, she was like, <laughs> came around the other side, made eye contact with me. We looked at her at each other and then we looked back and that thing was gone. So then, a couple weeks later, uh, we're up there, and I'm up on the third story, and I look down off the window, and shit you fucking not, I see this cougar. And, like, no doubt in my mind. And I end up looking up reports on it, and I, I can even send you articles that are saying there was an unidentified cougar that they never ended up finding that was walking around Northville. So this is where it goes into the cryptid story. So... We'd never been into those tunnels before because, you know, they're completely fucking pitch black. They went for miles and miles and shit. We didn't want to, like, take any chances of running out of flashlight and having to feel our way all the way back through that place. So we decided to go down there one night, just see how far we could go. We decided we're going to come back, like, not go super far, but start kind of trying to venture down there. So we went into the basement and we come around the corner and there's... I guess you could, it's like a normal wall, but it looked like somebody like took bricks out into like a big circle so that you could enter into that area. But it looked like it was purposely done, not like somebody knocked part of the wall out. So I turn the corner, I go into that room and I hear something on my one side say, run. And as I hear that, I'm looking forward and there's like this metal Gertie cart, you know, like the ones they push through like hallways in a hospital and something stands up real quick. And it's the best way to describe it. It was tall and lanky, long black hair on the top of its head, scraggly as fuck. And its skin looked like uh, uh, like it hadn't seen light in like years, like that morbid, like decaying looking skin. And as it stood up, I just fucking took off because I heard something say run next to, next to me. And I had my girlfriend and her friend with me. So, you know, I, <laughs> I had this place mapped out, luckily, because like half the doors are fucking welded shut. But, you know, no hesitation, got the fuck out of there. Uh, when I started looking up what I thought this thing was, uh, everything on the internet came back to saying that it was a rake, it was a rake. And I was like, eh. uh, I don't know if that was exactly what it was. So I recently was talking about this experience with, uh, Justin from Cryptids of the Corn and we started connecting dots here. So we are starting to believe that it was a Wendigo. And the reason I say that is one, it was, first of all, uh, Northville was known to have Native American artifacts specifically where they were building that, um, that psychiatric hospital so there was already native american artifacts in that area and there was that cougar sighting and they never actually found that cougar but i saw it probably like a day or two before i ended up having this experience there so connecting with the possible skinwalker connection with that with uh you know because i'm sure you guys kind of know the difference with the whole like skinwalker windigo that uh they're pretty pretty similar but with the skinwalker concept it's more so that there's somebody that can control it but like the windigo is more so somebody that was like resorted to cannibalism and kind of got thrown into it. So they're more, they don't really have any kind of control over what they're doing. Gotcha. If you're going by like the native American folklore, of course, of like skinwalkers, cause that's pretty up in the air at the moment with all the different crazy shit coming out with them. Um, yeah. But the other part that goes with the Wendigo lore is the fact that they stay usually somewhere cold because it could be because they're decaying for whatever reason. They always seem to come up during the winter and the native American folklore to them would be that you weren't safe from the first snowfall to the last snowfall. But the theory was that during the warm months, they would have to preserve themselves somewhere so they'd go somewhere cold. So in these tunnels in Northville, they're a good like 30, 30 degrees, 20, 30 degrees colder than just the level above. And the tunnels went even deeper. So as we started kind of, like I said, digging into it more, um, kind of realized that there, it kind of fits more so the idea of like a windigo. But this happened back in 2018. So that kind of, like, ultra sparked my interest in, like, cryptids and just different things. And, you know, I got started trying to figure out what the hell that thing was, but it got sidetracked into a million other fucking things. So (laughs) I kind of came back around full circle. But (laughs) that's what kind of opened up the door as far as, like, the cryptid side and then the conspiracy side – or not conspiracy side, but the spiritual side. And then as far as, like, the conspiracy side coming in, um, I don't know, it just kind of, like, popped up one day that I just – all of a sudden start, got like a fascination digging into uh, like I guess it starts from the alien thing because it started off I think with reptilians and then it spread into elites and then the elites went into ne- adrenochrome, the adrenochrome went into like the children pedophile <laughs> rings and then everything kind of started spreading out from there you know creating that seed of distrust in the government and then COVID happened and then boom you know just like most of us it just all that internal explosion I just felt like I needed to start ranting out all the shit that needed to be said mm-hmm Speaking of ranting, no, sorry that I keep uh no, you know no, going funny. on long tangents here. No,
0: it's <laughs> great. No, it's great. There's so many things you said that I want to touch on, but like the Windigo thing is crazy. I would just fucking freak out. <laughs> like I don't even know what I would do.
2: See, like Justin and I think that the only reason that I may have gotten that warning to run is because I have Native American heritage. Because otherwise, you know, more than likely most people's experiences with Wendigos is there's no chance. And with that whole idea that I was saying that it's somebody that didn't choose that, there's still the like internal person that's struggling to fight that primal urge that wants to eat and destroy things around them. So if they have like a split second that they can kind of take control over the person that's on the inside, they, you know, will do things like that. Like, there's been different stories of people where they'll, you know, figure out a Wendigo's actual name and they'll, like, freeze in their tracks for a second. Like, they found, like, a little piece of their humanity again, you know?
0: Yeah, that's wild. So do you think it was the Wendigo warning you? That's what I would
2: assume. Because it sounded like like a man's voice coming from right here. And it was either, one, something supernatural because it was, you know or paranormal because it had to do with that mental hospital to begin with, which I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of tortured souls in there. Uh, there's a lot of people doing symbols all over the fucking walls, which I'm sure they had no idea, like the meaning of the half the things they are putting on the walls. So mm. it's either something paranormal, or I would assume that it was the uh, Wendigo experience. But the other weird part about it was they ended up shutting this place down and completely pretty much demolishing it. Like it's not there anymore because oh, wow. there was a case where apparently there's multiple people that fell down the elevator shafts which the doors were very, like, very, very, like, they're barely cracked. You know, like, somebody had to, like, stick themselves in there. So kind of going off of that, like, it would still kind of fit with the whole possible when to go in the basement (laughs) or in the tunnels in general because I think it'd be anywhere in Northville because those things wasn't just that hospital. They went all over the city.
0: That's wild. Uh, I was thinking maybe two could have been, like, an ancestor kind of, like, warning you or, like, a spirit guide or a guardian angel or something just to, like, warn you to run.
2: See, like from my experiences, I have a thing with my uh, my grandpa and my grandma that follow me for sure. And I know my grandpa's voice and I know my grandma's voice. So it wasn't either of them. And Mm -hmm. I could I mean, I might have more things that follow and protect me, but I know that those two are still around. Um, Specifically, weirdly enough, this happened recently. My grandpa's whole thing when he passed away was that uh, my grandma used to always ask him to leave on the light so she knew he was around. So we'd both go to sleep. We'd wake up and his bedroom light would always be on. And my grandma would sleep on the inside of the wall and I'd sleep on the outside. So I'd know if she got up. So I know she never turned the light on when I was a kid. So going into when I was a teenager and I was having these like weird experiences, like with astro traveling, when they started getting dark, my light would turn on in the middle of it. And it would just like, for whatever reason, kind of like spark me out of it. And that would be when I'd wake up and have like the sleep paralysis moments. Mm. So I knew my grandpa was around then also. Mm. And recently I was having an issue with my son always waking up at three o'clock in the morning, which as everybody knows is the witching hour right. It happens. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he, I was trying to find ways to make it so that if there was anything dark, something to his room, I could like keep it away. So I put my dream catcher that my grandma made, um, in, in there, uh, so that it would kind of just bring a different presence to the room. Cause I'd had it above my crib since I was a baby. Mm-hmm. and, I recently took it out of there and weirdly enough, I've been noticing the last couple of weeks that whenever he wakes up at three, the light will turn on. So I know that my grandpa's still sitting there like watching him, trying to soothe him. And uh, my girlfriend weirdly enough was having having a night where she just wasn't having the best night and she said she woke up and the bedroom light was on. So I know my grandpa was sitting there watching over her too and was trying to turn the light on for her also. I've had this thing with him like my whole life, like turning the light on has always been his thing, you know?
0: Well, it seems like uh, maybe he has a sense of something happening to you guys and he's trying to, like, prevent, you know, you from getting hurt or, like, when you'd astral travel, like, he kind of snap you back into your body, perhaps, you know? By, that's, like, that was disturbing my thought the, on it. Yeah, disturbing the process or, like, protecting your son and your girlfriend, you know? Like, that's really interesting.
2: It's cool to know he's still around because it's been a while since. I. Ha- it's been since I was a teenager that I've really, like, had anything happen with him turning on the light and all of a sudden recently he's doing it again. But mm-hmm. go or uh <laughs> Petro, you're into some like occult different stuff. Um I've been keep seeing April everywhere. And it's weird that he popped up right when I started seeing April everywhere. Like I would look up stuff and it would always be April. And I bought a comic book one day and it was the April edition, like from like a 1968 comic book. Um there's like four other things. Like I keep seeing April all of a sudden the last two weeks and he popped up the last two week or last couple of weeks so i don't know i feel like something weird's going on man
1: mm. well, april, what's april uh, i mean that would be the starting of the uh, zodiac aries it's the spark
2: of creation april see everybody keeps saying it's like a time of like renewal like they keep thinking that april is like a like a turning point
1: well that's the beginning of the zodiac yeah it starts with uh, aries it's like the big bang
2: I wonder if anybody (laughs) else has been seeing April lately. I've been trying to ask people, but I haven't really got anybody that's really been saying it.
1: I'm an Aries, so I would probably catch on to it. I'm also Maybe I just got to pay attention. Oh, okay.
0: I am also half an Aries. I'm a half-ski. Half Half Pisces, Pisces, half Aries.
1: uh, Oh, okay. You're on the cusp. But so I'm March, so I wouldn't, Uh, uh,
0: I might not notice April as much. Yeah, I'm literally born right in between both. Like even the time. Someone was like, someone in my chart once and they were like, literally the time you were born is like right when Pisces passed into Aries, which explains so much in my life because I'm like, so many things all at once. It's just a curse, a blessing and a
2: curse.
1: (laughs) Do you guys know the difference between sidereal and tropical? Explain. Oh, so you might want to actually check your sidereal going by that because the tropical, all right, the tropical, like basically just splits them all up evenly at 30 degrees. Oh. but that's not I get real
0: specific.
1: That's not exact. Not every single one of them is. Some of them are smaller, some of them are bigger. So it's actually just rounding about. But yet, when you, if you use sidereal, it's actually going by how big the fucking constellation is and from a different viewpoint. Oh. And people, mm-hmm. if you go by sidereal, could actually find out you're not the same zodiac you thought you were.
0: Well, that's what happened to me. My whole life, I thought it was a Pisces. And then this person's like, actually, I don't know. I'm not so convinced. And then they came out with this whole explanation. I was like, holy shit, that actually makes a lot of sense. But yeah, pretty wild.
1: Eric said the tropical zodiac is entirely sun-based, and the signs are set upon the ecliptic. The sidereal zodiac is based upon the position of the sun in reflection to the star constellation.
0: Oh, thanks, Eric. <laughs> yeah.
1: A, I, like, I, like if, I think it? if you're near the cusp, you might find out. Like, I, I know I have seen people, like, actually realize that what they thought they were on their birth chart was completely different once they switched over to, to that one instead of tropical.
2: Mm, when's your birthday, Patriot?
1: It's uh, really close to the end of Aries.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, I'm April 14th. I didn't know if you were. Uh, relative, I'm a little like, bit past, me, past you. A, very, a little, little,
1: few days after you, my man. We're very close. That's wild.
2: So if you're going on the other... Uh, the other type of zodiac would we be the same one or would we? Would oh, we I don't know.
1: That? You'd have to. I mean, you'd have to go back and actually look at that date. You know, because <laughs> I mean, I'm then curious. there is also like that what is that recession shit too. So I mean, that's why I think Sidereal kind of takes that into account as well. I, I could be wrong. Maybe Eric would know that better. I think it also takes in kind of like the recession.
2: So what's supposed to be like the the actual like one? Like, if there's one that you're supposed to follow. Which one is it?
1: I mean, any magician that I knew that, like, got serious with planetary magic tossed the tropical shit out the window and stay with mm-hmm. material. I don't know. So that could
2: know. be a manipulation thing to begin with, that they started maybe. using this other one, right? Oh, uh,
1: yeah, right? yeah, but that's, well, I would, when I say magician, I mean, that also doesn't mean, like, every single person I knew in the OTO. You know, when I say magician, like, somebody who actually knows what the fuck they're probably doing. That's you know? what I'm saying. When
2: you're <laughs> yeah. to trying to steer people away from the actual one. And oh, yeah, yeah. Off, well, then, the then you'd probably one,
1: you know? be preaching the tropical one if that's what you wanted to do. Zodiac Psyop of sorts. Zodiac Psyop. It could be.
0: It's a you know, Zodiac
2: conspiracy.
0: Jeez, <laughs> man. Everything is a conspiracy, I tell you. Um, Every single thing. <laughs> no, for real. That's crazy, though. That you've been seeing shadow people since you were young.
2: And it's weird too, because it's like every time I talk about him, I start seeing him again. It's fucking weird, man. I hope you don't see one tonight. <laughs> I usually do, but it's it's weird because every time I talk about him, like in my in the where I'm set up, like I have all my curtains closed, like there's no lights coming in or anything, and I'll just kind of like seeing him in the corner of my eye, off in the distance. And I know Ghost, he says the same thing every time he talks about him, they start showing themselves. So I feel like they just like. You know, you talk about them and they manifest, especially for people that already have whatever connection they have to them, you know?
0: Uh, Does it scare you when it happens or not
2: really? They don't really... They've never come close. Like, when I've ever had the sleep paralysis things, like, I've never had that moment where it felt like something... Like, you you can't move is more so, like, what I feel like. The best way I've related it to is almost like uh, starting up a computer and it needs that, like, reboot time. But -hmm. I've never had the experience of, like, something sitting on me, like, holding me down. Every time I've had, like, shadow people, they're off like in the distance, like watching from a distance. And it's more so just like my body can't move temporarily until it like, you know, starts back at your toes and works its way back up and restarts. So literally I, I describe it as like if your astral projected body leaves yourself, then when you come back in you have to like reboot the computer. And that's what that's the best way I've described what sleep paralysis is, at least for my experiences. Mm, with it.
0: that does kind of make sense, I guess, you know, I mean it's never happened to me, so I can't say, but there are a lot of people who say, you know, sleep paralysis is directly related to, like, some sort of demonic presence that's, like,
2: on top of them or, like, you know, That just might be because of their mind, like, bringing it that way, you know? Because, like, (laughs) if you... uh, It also might be, like, how mentally strong you are, too. Because maybe, like, when you leave your vessel, there might be dark forces trying to come into your vessel, but they can't do it. But if there's people that they know are, like, more linked to something dark, maybe they feel like they might be able to have more control and take them over where if somebody they know is like mentally strong, maybe they like will sit back and watch kind of a thing knowing that they can't get into it or I don't know. It's, it depends on everybody's experiences. I feel like they're all kind of different, but shadow people is kind of a vague term because shadow people could be a million different races and we wouldn't know because they could just be things that we can't perceive with our eye. So they could look 30 different ways, but we're only perceiving them as black. And that could be why everybody seems to have different experiences with shadow people having different intentions. They could be completely different races of shadow people. You know, they're just yeah. different races that we can't visibly see. So maybe that's why some of them are dark, some of them are light, some of them are here for good. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: Like Yeah, we just don't really know their intention, right? Because they never speak to you, right?
2: No. That, oh, that like I said, the worst I ever had was the green eyes watching me. And that's why I don't know. I'm a, I'm a believer that they we can't see them in their light spectrum. So they take a shape of something that we're familiar with. And that's when you have like the Hatman experiences, things like that. Mm. But I think that they're they're fully like a life form that you could see like a visible being, but like just not with our eyes.
0: Right. Has this ever yeah. happened
1: to you in a time of intimacy? Did it ever happen to
2: me in a
0: time (laughs) like that? They're watching, yeah. did
1: you ever see the eyes of the shadow
2: man then? (laughs) I wasn't sleeping then, I was wide awake. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh, I thought these were like things you were seeing, like while you're okay, all right. Well, at least
2: those experiences, like usually when I saw him watching me from a distance, was when I was having sleep paralysis. Oh, okay, all right. So, I was kind of like in between both worlds, I guess you could kind of say, but as far as like shadow people. Mm me seeing them in like not when I'm in that state. My experiences have been one with that one that I told you guys that I think I brought home or was just around from when I went to the that like psychiatric hospital urban exploring. And just from uh mm-hmm. like when I start talking about them, it'll be like a, something you'll see out of your peripherals or I'll see something move fast in my peripherals down the hallway. But like you can never see them dead on. At least I've never personally seen them dead on when I'm fully like awake and conscious. It seems to only be that I can see them around, like when I'm kind of like in that in-between state.
0: Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's an interesting idea, like how our ancestry ties into things. Like you mentioned that you have some Native American heritage. And like lately I've just been on this whole like thought process about how our ancestry plays into like our current life situation.
2: I wonder if that has
0: something to do with it as well,
2: well yeah I'm sure it probably does I my and like now I, I now charity. i
0: wonder mm, i wonder too if like things that we think our past life experiences are actually not our past life but like ancestral memory that we carry and like ancestral trauma and that we like repeat things until we heal our ancestral trauma perhaps
2: I mean, yeah, that's a good possibility. I mean, another thing that I kind of wondered too (laughs) is that it's not even that they're necessarily past lives, but if time isn't necessarily linear, what if they're you from different realities, different points in the timeline, but it's all happening all at once, and that's why you have these like glimpses in between is because if you're living these multiple lives and time isn't necessarily linear, they could all be happening at the same time, and it's different pieces of the same consciousness split between different pieces all at once so like you could be one consciousness and you could be living three lives at three different points in time that aren't linear that could all be happening at the same time so your consciousness is split in between three different beings temporarily like while they're going through their lives
0: that is wild but possible (laughs) (laughs) i like getting into the
2: weird series
0: (laughs) no i think i think it's a possibility you know that's you never know do you believe in reincarnation (laughs) shane
2: yeah, I do.
1: See, I've often wondered, like, how do I know my reincarnation hasn't been going on for like three thousand fucking years, and I haven't gotten it right? And that's my ancestral trauma. I got to fucking get over
0: it. Could it certainly could? I, do I've that.
1: done this fucking thirty five thousand fucking times already, and I still haven't gotten it fucking right. You got to wake the fuck up, dude. <laughs> like, how do we? How do, you know, that's what I think you do sometimes.
2: Hey, maybe you've uh, been holding the knowledge this is the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Where you're finally letting the knowledge some out? Some fucking so prick you're, cocksucker in like Egypt that.
1: holding
0: this shit to myself. that's how i started out (laughs) oh man it's funny because like sometimes you know you have like deja vu or like these moments of like knowing that you've been somewhere before like i had that um we took a a trip in uh high school to venice and i remember standing clearly in like saint mark's square which is like the the famous like square that you see whenever you see venice painted or whatever and I have a clear memory of standing in front of the Doge's Palace, which is, like, all these, like, windows. And I was, like, I've been here before. I fucking hate this place. And i would never been there before. Like, how, how can you say you hate Venice? It's a beautiful place or whatever. And then, like, many years later, I had a past life uh, reading. And the lady was telling me all about this, like, past life I had in Venice and how it was, like, terrible. And I couldn't, like, marry the person I wanted to marry. And I was, like, had this, like, fucked up life. And... Anyways, I was like, well, that explains a lot, you know, like she's telling me this over 10 years later. So it's like maybe there's some truth to that. Was it me? Was it an ancestor? I don't fucking know. But I knew it when I was in that place.
2: I mean, not exactly the same, but I've had some weird experiences where it happened twice that I was the same person, but it was during uh, a heavy LSD trip. So I will give it that. Um, (laughs) I uh, can chop it up to that. Had had these weird visions where I, the first time I was out in the cold and I just had this thing like blow over me where I like fell into it and I could see my hands and I was in the middle of like a field and I had my two dogs next to me and it looked like I was wearing like furs. And I remember like the markings on my hands and like the cuts and things. And I was just like, the best way I can describe it is I assumed that I was like a Viking warrior or something at some point in time. So then a different day, different trip, different time. I remember having kind of the same thing happen to me where I kind of fell into this like moment where it was like, I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's almost like a DMT trip where you just like, you feel like your consciousness like temporarily like leaves your body. Like I usually call them like the bubbles when you're on LSD, but you kind of like temporarily like fade out into just whatever reality. And then you like come back. And I had one of those experiences where I went and I was the same person because I remember seeing the same markings on my hand. I was wearing the same type of clothes Except I was in this, like, hut-looking thing, and I had, a like, a little container in my hand, and I was handing mushrooms to people. And they were all, like, had Viking braids. Like, they were wearing, like, heavy furs, shit like that. And kind of funny, they go into my life now, and I got heavy (laughs) into mycology, things like that. And I've always had this weird thing where ever since I was a little kid, I always said that I wanted a Viking burial for whatever reason. And I've always just had this like Lincoln fascination with the Viking. So if there is past yeah. lives, explain to me why I had these same things that I was interested in. That I had these visions of these things like happening. Where I don't know, maybe it was something with a past life, and also kind of weird going into the Viking thing. I have an irrational fear of water. So maybe if I was a Viking in a past life, maybe I drowned.
1: Oh,
0: yo, for real. That's what I do think about. The, about oh, you were a cat.
1: What was well, that? <laughs> or a cat cat, yeah.
0: <laughs> a water. water. <laughs> no, but that is the thing about about the past life thing. I do think whether whether it is our own firsthand experience or an ancestor's experience that we remember as our own, perhaps whatever it is, I do find different parts of your past lives or past ancestry speaks to you in the present. So, like stuff that you'll be interested in, you know. Like apparently, in one past life, I was a weaver and a painter. And now I fucking crochet with yarn. So, like, you, there weave you go. weave and paint mines right? now
2: on a podcast, too. What's it? I said you weave and paint mines on a podcast, too. Mm-hmm. There you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, like, I, or um, I've always had a fascination with, like, Native American culture. And apparently, when I was Native American, like, you never know. Or, like, fascinated with World Wars. Apparently, I existed in one of the World Wars as well. So, you never fucking know. Ancient civilizations—that's another one. So, who knows, right? But it, these interests that we have—I don't think they're random, nor like they're not—they're not random. Like we have these things for a reason with these interests, you know?
2: Yeah, especially if thinking. it's trying to spark and carry on knowledge through time. Like maybe it's part of part of the like Akashic records. That there's like yeah. knowledge that your ancestors had or you had in your past life, depending on whatever way you want to look at it, that's intended to be continued on through the future. And if it wasn't for that, then it may become, you know, dead knowledge at that point if it, you don't have this weird ancestral spark to remember that specific thing.
0: It's possible, right?
2: Or to dig into that thing because it may even just start off with something small like you have like a vision of like say a pyramid or something and then you start researching the pyramids and then you figure out all this other stuff and if you didn't have that little spark you would have never started digging into all this other stuff and then you may not discover things that people in the past have never discovered because you have a new eye new look on it. you know different, eye, totally. different eyes
0: yeah or even like though maybe those things we recall are to help us in our present like for example when I was 12 years old, like I was fascinated with with the world wars. And I even did a book report on like Joseph Stalin in grade six. Like who, what fucking 12 year old does that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But then it like prepared me, I think for like right now, you know, I went on to study like totalitarianism in university. And then like what is happening in the world right now (laughs) is literally like a totalitarian takeover. So it's like, it prepared me to like, look out for that and now speak about it. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. It's wild.
2: No, I agree. Um, I mean, I always had this like click with history. For like, like when I was back when I was in high school, uh, there was a time when I corrected the teacher because he was saying the different Greek gods wrong. But he normally wasn't a history teacher; he was normally the science teacher. That they may teach history, so yeah. I thought I got in trouble because he got mad at me. He told me to go down to the office and shit. And they ended up moving me into AP history. And I didn't try in there; I just kind of like did it, you know, just like just clicked in my head. And there's all these, like, kids that are obviously way smarter than me and all the other AP classes. This was my only AP class. They had, like, all AP classes. They were, like, <laughs> struggling and shit. I never brought homework home. I aced all the tests. Like, they got, like, pissed off at me. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Just history specifically always just clicks in my mind. And I'd get You're myself seeing. into trouble, of course, like, questioning shit as we were going through it. But, like, the teacher appreciated my, like, questioning, you know? So it kind of worked out. <laughs> and I feel like you it was You gave the teacher's pet teacher. real quick yeah <laughs> only the ap no. teacher would appreciate that
0: <laughs> right being challenged on things that's good that's what ap is for is to to challenge and to think exactly okay i was never so, a bad
2: student i just never like applied myself but even there i didn't like apply myself but it just clicked you know
0: yeah i know i get that and then again that's a, an affinity you had a subject for uh, sorry you had a an affinity for that subject probably because of your past experience
2: mm-hmm. and that's why i dig into now shit there you go. And history is like one of my favorite things to look into.
0: <laughs> Probably yep. why NY became a magician also. I'm just going to wager. Why? Because something in your past. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, no, I've often thought that.
0: And you said, yeah. you said before to me that you, like, you have a fascination with like Egyptian mythology. and like. Yeah,
1: when I was like a little kid, I always thought like those motherfuckers knew something that we didn't know. Dude, actually. I was obsessed with shit. them as a
2: kid, dude. I remember being like six and I had those like little uh you know when you'd buy the books, but they come with like shit to do with the book? And as yeah, a kid, yeah. those are always the ones you got, you know? I remember getting one that was like you'd build uh fuck, what was it? Like a tomb, and then you'd put like the little like mummy and shit inside. And then there was one I got where it was like a mummy, and you'd like take the top off, you'd like take the wrap off, pull it apart, and then you get to see all the different like body parts inside and shit. Like Egypt when I was like a little little kid was one of my like biggest fascinations and I remember getting like a hundred fucking books about that shit <laughs> no
0: for real that was me with Greek and Roman mythology as obsessed
2: as oh kid. yeah that too for me yeah Greek mythology mm. specifically and then Roman mythology yeah. is just hijacked Greek mythology <laughs>
0: it's the same thing exactly I don't know what, I never got into Egyptian for some reason I would read about Egypt and I'm like yeah this shit's boring <laughs>
2: I don't know why I remember watching The Mummy as a kid I'm sure that probably sparked a lot of my interest (laughs) (laughs) Was just like oh shit The Mummy Remember my parents watching it and being like You can't watch this go to bed
0: (laughs) Yeah like see like The Mummy I would never like Like I would just not be that interested But then when it comes to like Troy or like Gladiator I was like yes like give me more
2: (laughs) Don't give me a on Gladiator That's probably one of my like favorite movies ever made
0: Really? Oh uh, man! Yeah. Troy was worried? a good movie too. Well, it's a good
2: movie, but why? Why is
0: it your favorite?
2: Why is it one of my favorites? Just the storyline of it. I've always had like, you know how they say like you you relate to things, and that's why you like specific movies for whatever reason. I've always been all about like the warrior hero tale. It's part of the nice. reason why like I watch a lot of anime, and it's always like uh not the goofy <laughs> shit, but more so like like the warrior kind of going the through hero a bunch stories. Of shit. Yeah. Yeah. That like cheesy stuff, you know, it's like usually really like dark kind of build up shit, but I don't know, specifically with Gladiator, I love the like hero tale that he's on top, gets pushed down to the bottom and then he comes back up, but he comes back up without him knowing. And then you just have that great scene where he finally takes off his mask and he's like, I'm Marcus Aurelius. (laughs) (laughs) I will have my revenge.
0: (laughs) It's so good. And you know, there's some historical inaccuracies in that movie. Like, for example, you know, in the Gladiator Arena, when you see it in all the Hollywood films, they give the thumbs up Mm -hmm. means like that they're saved. Right. Like this guy's safe. Right. Thumbs up. Actually, it's the it's flipped. Historically, thumbs down would have been spare the life. Right. Thumbs up was kill. Kill Like do it. (laughs) That's what it meant. And it was so was the opposite. But in our modern context, we wouldn't understand that. So.
2: They flip it in Hollywood. Isn't uh, the guy that Joaquin Phoenix played? I- I'm brain farting right now. Yeah. Wasn't he the one that supposedly lit this lit Rome on fire and danced around it with a fiddle? No, that is Nero. Oh, I, I mean, was...
0: maybe Commodus did too. He might have. But Commodus in real uh, Roman history was called the gladiator uh, emperor because he did fight in the ring for real.
2: Like one and time. started the whole he was, idea. He was like, nuts. Everybody will fall apart and not pay attention to the politics if we're just giving them entertainment and wine and bread.
0: <laughs> the original masters of the bread mm-hmm. and circuses. Exactly.
2: Yes, ma'am. Yes. Mm-hmm. The um,
0: okay, so I wanted to go back to something that you mentioned. Um, and first of all, i was sorry to hear that you lost a child with your girlfriend. Yeah. That's very terrible. Hey, as long um, as uh,
2: my mindset is now, the same mm-hmm. consciousness is in my current one. So that's how I've come to closure with it, at least. I try not to think about it. Yeah. Well, that's what I kind of. Yeah. That's
0: what I wanted to ask you is like, you know, how has like becoming a a dad and and going through that experience with your partner, like, has that shifted your view on spirituality at all? Or like, how has that influenced your life?
2: I'd say that's when I like really embraced it. Cause like, I was always kind of into it, but not super duper into it, I guess you could say. Like, I kind of like. Knew there is an existence of it, but I didn't, like, do anything actively about it. Um, mm-hmm. So after that experience, that's when uh, I kind of started getting into, like, tarot and different things like that. And more so trying to figure out spirituality for myself rather than it kind of, like, coming to me, I guess you could say. Right. So I guess that, that was, like, the main shift for me. That's when I, like, it, it, there wasn't a question in my mind anymore about, uh, like, me possibly just making shit up in my head. That's when I kind of, like, came into the real world. And I had some like validity in my thoughts and experiences. So that's when I really started like acting on it rather than me just questioning the fact of whether or not I was just making up all the different scenarios in my head. But it was just too weird and everything lined up too much. And I don't believe in coincidences personally.
0: Yeah, that's really a good way to look at it. And how old is your son now?
2: Uh, He's about to be a year in December.
0: Oh, he's still little. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, did he look like the, the boy that you saw in your vision?
2: I gotta wait another five years. I have an idea.
0: <laughs> right, but you have another child also.
2: Yep, I have a seven-year-old. Her name's October. Oh, oh, that's a good name. So
0: <laughs> appropriate for right now.
2: But her birthday's in August. That's where you fuck oh. everybody up.
0: Oh. <laughs> so why is her name oh. October? Just to make it difficult. Jeez. It,
2: that's uh when her mom and I met was in October. So that's <laughs> why we named her October, and then we call her Tober for short. Oh, well, that's cute. October, okay. be. She got a couple nicknames.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, what's your stance on like God? So like, in general,
2: I guess my current view on it, it, I, it changes regularly. So I guess don't quote me on it specifically. But where I currently sit with it is that I believe that whether you believe in God, the spiritual consciousness, like whatever, I think that it's all the same thing with different perspectives from different angles of different cultures. So I feel like almost everybody that some they're considering to be the creator God more than likely is the creator God. It's just that everybody started off in one point and then they created their own folklore and lore spread off of that, where that's kind of where the hard part falls into where you don't know what to dig through. Cause some of it is a hundred percent fact. Some of it is just expanded folklore. Um, but I think it all starts from the same place and, Spread from there. And if you kind of go into like the biblical side of it, um, you could even say that like the fallen angels like created the other religions, um, you know, trying to make it seem like they were the gods. Um, so I kind of fall back on that one sometimes too. But uh, I don't know. I, if I had to like say that I believed in something specifically, I wouldn't put like God as like the title. I would say just like a universal consciousness or universal uh, creator. And uh, people have just kind of made. Faces and stories to go along with it. And part of like what I think that I saw when I had those astral experiences was either that specifically or the place where consciousness goes before it gets recycled back into another vessel. And weirdly enough, Mick from the Patriot Party has also seen this place and he described it in detail on an episode. So that was also weird. So I'm not the only person who's Ooh. seen it before. That's and Whitney Fox also has seen the place and has also described it to oh, me. Wow.
0: And she's a medium,
2: right? Yep. And she thinks that's that I have more ties to that stuff than I believe because I have native American heritage. So she's always telling me to like fall into like my shamanistic ways. And that's why I started getting into like tarot and things. And I've always been one that like follows my gut and it's never once steered me wrong about literally anything. Like if I get a weird ass vibe from somebody more than likely some weird shit ends up coming out about them and stuff. So I've been like learning to follow that better as she was telling me. And it's been really fucking weird. Cause whatever like you don't think you just the first thing that pops into your head is like what I'll project when somebody like asks me a question like I've had this experience with her and Elle a few times and they've been like right on the dot like weird as shit but it's like the second you start to think about it is when it gets like twisted and contorted but when you first are like asked a question there's like this first initial thing that pops in your head before you put any thought into it and for whatever reason like seems to always be right more often than not. And I mean, it may be a matter of like manifesting reality. Maybe that's kind of like one of the tricks in order to how to do it. Or two, maybe I do have some form of like shamanistic abilities that I'm just now starting to kind of figure out how to understand and use properly. But this is just like the past, like two or three weeks that I've been starting. Like I've always followed my intuition, but now I'm like expanding that with like questions and different things and like giving like my I don't know like how to explain it like rather than just trusting my intuition about people now I'm like expanding it into like questions and different things and kind of trying to like build up and figure out more about it.
0: Well, that's really interesting. I'm not surprised to hear about like if you had shamanistic roots because like giving your line of work (laughs) like currently as well, right? I mean, I that's that part of sense. like having that
2: respect for plants and just uh, specifically like spiritual plants, because I know how to like grow marijuana because I do it professionally for a job. And mm-hmm. my biggest thing with that is I hate the corporatizing of it. I think it's ruining it and it's taking away the spirituality aspect to it because you're getting mass produced garbage rather than stuff that has like that love and care. And like because plants absorb the energy of the people putting into them. And from all my experiences with uh mm. mushrooms specifically, I've learned that where I could have the same genetics as what my... This is a true story. My one buddy, he used to do MMA, a bunch of different other things. He was just a very aggressive, angry person. And then there was me where I used to always like play music for my mushrooms, talk to him. I wouldn't go in there and they were, when I was pissed off, anything like that. And uh, we got our genetics from the same person. So they're the same exact genetics. And we gave them to three different people. And all of them said that one of them gave him a bad trip and one of them gave him a good trip. And it was mine versus his. And his always gave people the bad trip. So I started even more so believing in that energy that you put into plants just from like being around them, that they are conscious more than people think they are and they take on what's around them. It's almost like a, like kids, you know, like if you're always pissed off and yelling around kids, you're going to have pissed off, angry kids. But if you're always loving and affectionate towards your kids and when they grow up, they're going to be loving and affectionate. It's kind of the same with plants Um, going into any type of specifically any type of mind altering plant. You have to put that into it. Otherwise like it's missing a key spiritual component of what Mm. makes it the spiritual plant in the first place. And that's like where I have that mixed emotion with the whole corporate weed shit that I like (laughs) love the plants. And I'm trying to be the one that kind of helps to somewhat keep that love and connection back to them. But I'm like fighting this whole fucking corporatized company. That's kind of fucking up it all in the process. But yeah, just that connection with plants though is definitely like a shamanistic thing. And just knowing how like specifically that I was attached to those two plants and then learning like the spiritual aspect that goes along with those plants on top of it to like give people a good spiritual experience if they're using them properly as the tools that they're intended to be versus just like a, Mm. I'm going to get totally fucked up party drug kind of a thing, you know? Totally. Weed has two sides, but Shroom specifically, I'm very very adamant about people using it as a tool instead of like a party drug. I agree with that actually. Because I was specific with mine where I wouldn't like – I was never one that really was trying to like make a profit or anything off of them, so I never allegedly sold them like that. But um, I was very specific about who had them, and I would only give them to people that I felt were using them for the right reasons. Because I, because of just what I, my connection with them, what I thought they were intended for, I wasn't trying to like, you know, give my kids away to somebody that was going to misuse them, you know. Mm-hmm in a weird roundabout way. It sounds a little bit weird if you're hearing it out of context, but you know, no, 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 <laughs> no it mean,
0: makes yeah. sense what you're saying. It's the same. I think with like, um, factory farming, for example, like with animals too, right? Like that's a problem that I have. And that's why I was vegan for like two years because of like ethics with animal treatment and stuff. But I think if you, you know, raise them humanely, you know, small regenerative farming is the way to go. you can so it's the same the farm the you know the small farmer is going to put different care into his animals or her animals than a mass you know killing factory like obviously it's going to be totally different so
2: people always make jokes about you know grandma's secret ingredient is love or the secret ingredient is love but honestly it really is when it comes (laughs) to almost anything baking growing raising anything the secret ingredient to everything in life is love (laughs)
0: That's so true, honestly. With kids, it's hard, though. <laughs> you're saying, like, you know, don't yell at your kids, and they're going to to me. And I yell at them all the time.
2: <laughs> at the same time, though, it's it's like a, it's like a, like a misconcept, because I'm also a parent, obviously, but it's like, if you yell at your kids, you're supposedly going to give them, like, trauma as adults, which some will get over it and be stronger, and some of them will not, but then going on the other hand of it, if you don't yell at your kids, then they're going to grow up in this fragile world where as soon as they go into the real world and they have a real job where a boss says like, <laughs> you're fucking up. You need to do what I'm saying right the fuck now. What are they going to do? They're going to go off and cry. Mm. Like you need to teach your kids how yeah. to have enough skin, but you don't want to fuck them up in the process. You know, you got to find <laughs> yeah. that weird middle ground balance, you know?
0: It's true. Yeah. You can't let them just do whatever they want all the time. You have to like lay a bit of a smack down sometimes. It's just how it is. But uh, it's a hard balance, right?
2: Yeah, especially with, like, this day and age, because it's, like, anything, like, you know, even if you're not doing anything aggressive, like, you know, when, when you have, like a, like, a two-year-old and you tap them on the butt when they're wearing, like, a diaper, you're clearly not hurting them by any means. You're just more, you're just scaring them, you know, to kind of get a point across <laughs> of, like, listen to me. But you do that in public now, people will take it as you're, like, hitting the shit out of your kids when it's, like, bro, like... <laughs> You're tapping a diaper. You have like an inch of padding. Like even yeah. if I hit him hard, they're barely gonna feel it. And I, I tapped them. It scared them. Yeah it's no different well, than like, if I popped up behind them and grabbed their shoulder or like, totally. you know, tap the top of their head. It's gonna be the same reaction because I scared them while they were doing something wrong, but exactly take yeah. it the wrong way, you know? Because this day and age everybody's a crybaby about fucking everything.
0: <laughs> well, that's it. I think some people who are not parents maybe they don't understand that like when a young child like a like a toddler age is having a tantrum. They literally need to be, like, shaken out of it. Like, they can't rationalize. So sometimes you do have to do, like, weird shit like that. Like, either, like, physically, like, jar them. I'm not talking in an abusive way. But, like, for example, tapping them on the butt or, like, the hand or, like, whatever. I even had one of my friends tell me she used to, when her kids were, like, maniac out of control, she would put them in the shower and turn on cold water. To no, get them nice. to, like, no. calm the
2: fuck down. Yeah. I would tell my daughter to go in her room, and I told her, I won't talk <laughs> yeah. to you until you can talk to me. And so she would scream in her room sometimes for a half hour. She'd mm-hmm. come out there and be, like, crying trying to talk to me, and I'd be like, I'm not going to talk nope. to you until you can talk to me. And that yeah. was my way of doing it. But, you know, this day and age, people see that as, like, oh, you're traumatizing your child because you're just leaving them off in their own to cry. And it's like, no, bro, I'm teaching them how to be independent, one. And I'm teaching them, two, how to regain themselves so that they can sit down and have a conversation and get something done. Because if you're emotional, you're never going to get shit done. If you can sit down and think rationally, then we can start working on the problem and go from there.
0: Totally. Yeah, like uh, Brian in the chat, he's saying discipline. Yeah, exactly. A lot of kids these days don't have discipline at all. So you're going wa- like, you know- to waterboard
1: them in the shower.
2: It- <laughs> Hold water. <laughs> we
0: have to haze them. Hazing rituals. <laughs> Let's get them in line. Mm-hmm. Squirt with a squirt
2: bottle. It works.
1: Uh, yeah, like Yo, lemon juice. Cats. I've done that to dog. I had a, I had a dog one time. The motherfucker would not stop barking. I literally read like you squirt him in the mouth with lemon juice to make him stop. It did. It's true. They don't like <laughs> it. I mean, I felt fucked up doing it.
2: I use water he's with no my uh, my one pity when he gets to be too much. Sometimes you don't mm-hmm. like spray him hard or anything like that. But I just use like regular water and I'll like spray his tongue and he'll be like when he'll stop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tune in next week for more parenting tips
2: yeah. and how to take care of your dogs <laughs> in the process. It's <laughs> pretty similar. You just change a, little, a couple little details, and it works for both.
0: <laughs> it's fine. Dogs and kids are so similar. Oh, Tap on for both. <laughs> too funny. Well, what's like? Uh, where do you see your shows going? Like, do you have any goals with your podcasts? Or
2: like, see, what do you think? I'm one of those people that kind of going into like the spiritual side of me. I feel like if you have an end goal, you're capping yourself. So my view on it is I'm kind of just letting my shows go where they happen to go. And I don't have like a distinct, this is what I want it to be. This is where I want it to go. Because then either one, I'm going to manifest that's all it'll ever become. Or two, I'm going to set the bar high that it may never become that. And, you know, I'll look down on my show because of it. So rather than doing that, I just kind of let my show be as it is. And it's going to become what it's going to become. And, you know, hopefully it'll be something good. If not, I've enjoyed it in the process. And that's kind of how I see it. All I can do is just expand and get better with each show.
0: Mm. Well said. Well said, sir. Now, I know that you do this to your guests on your show (laughs) where you ask them to leave leave everyone with parting words of wisdom. So I'm going to ask the same of you. I'm going to put you on the spot. I mean, I hate when you do it to me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've done it to you twice now, and I I haven't actually been asked (laughs) this going back my way before.
0: Oh,
2: oh, damn.
1: Okay.
0: yeah, Yeah, right? It's hard. It's hard. So mr shane <laughs> party words of wisdom for anyone listening
2: i'll say the same thing that i usually say to my daughter don't let society tell you who to be don't let anybody tell you who to be only you know who you are supposed to be and who you're going to become so be who you are and never be ashamed to be who you are well fuck what yeah. the fuck <laughs> <laughs> okay. not even better than i implanted it to too had I was it on a roll,
0: prepared and everything. Jeez, man, you just put me to shame.
2: I sounded like it, but I didn't.
0: Yeah,
2: really? <laughs> flew off the tongue.
0: <laughs> it was awesome, yo. Do you have any last questions for Shane? and why?
2: No, no, no.
0: Not really. No. You're so interesting, Shane, to talk to, and always a pleasure. Honestly, I always yeah, have like it. the best time talking with you. So. I really appreciate you coming on the Spiritual Gangsters and sharing all that you
2: did because I yeah. think
0: you've had a very interesting life and I look forward to seeing what you create in the future.
2: Hopefully the order wasn't too fucked up, but yeah. you know, I got the story. No. It, and I'm glad you guys appreciated it and I'm glad you guys had me on because it's cool to finally pop on your guys' show. You got yeah. Back on New York's kind of half once maybe. Yeah, but. no,
1: I still got to get you
2: back on for sure. Yeah.
1: I want to get you. Yeah, yeah. I spoke about having you and Ellie on too. Yeah. Definitely make something happen, my man.
2: <laughs> Always down for anything you guys want to do in yeah. the future. Love you guys. Sure.
0: Sounds good. And I think we already have your links in the live. Yes. But obviously, we'll we'll add there. everything in when uh, when it officially goes out. Um, but yeah, do you want to tell everyone one more time where they can hear you?
2: Uh, make it quick and easy. Uh, usually, when you look up inquiries of our reality on Google, um, I'm every time I've looked it up, at least I seem to be the first like twenty pages. So if you just look that up on Google, you'll find me. Uh, Bizarre encounters, not as know google searchy yet so i'll give you the link tree for that uh all one place for everything L i n k t r period e slash bizarre encounters and uh like i was saying for big dumb inquiries if you want to check that out that'll be on my normal feed for inquiries of our reality because it's like a swapcast style show and uh if you want to check out open minds media um l i n k t r period e slash open underscore minds underscore media
0: awesome great stuff yeah Thank you so much, Shane. And thank you, NY, for co-hosting with me. Oh, that was a good time. Awesome. Yo,
1: for real, real, I do want to say uh, you did ask this dude where you think you'll see his shows in a few years or whatever from now in the future. Don't sleep on this kid. I think he's going to have some good stuff coming in the future, for real, with his show. He's got a lot of stuff going on in that head of his, Shane. I don't think he's going to be somebody that's just going to be here one day and gone tomorrow. I think he's going to be around for a while, so keep an eye on this guy.
2: I uh have a personal promise to myself where uh I gave up on a lot of stuff growing up due to you know just my surroundings, parents, things like that. So uh one promise I made to myself as an adult was that when I was in high school, I did radio and I loved it. It was like my favorite thing. I was going to go to college for it and I got convinced not to go to college for it, so I kind of gave up on it for a while. So I came back rounded to it podcasting. So when I did this in my adult life, I made a promise to myself that it would be the one thing that I would never give up. So just all for promising to myself, you know, I'm, I'm never going anywhere as far as podcasting goes. I'm going to be running it till the day I die. Okay,
0: man. <laughs> oh, awesome. that's awesome. I love that. That's funny. I was also interested in radio back in the
2: day. Me too. And here we all are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everything comes full circle. How it's intended to happen. That's how I I get through life is I feel like everything is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So
0: Your life is always I don't get mad about you. the past. There yeah, we go. Just learn from it. Amazing. That.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, thank, thank you very thank much, you. man. That was a good episode, for real. I had a good time, too. It was fucking interesting. That's why I like this show. I get to learn about people a little bit more than just, like, the regular bullshitting podcasting, you know.
2: Oh, yeah. I appreciate both you guys having me on. It's always fun to talk to both you guys. Okay, man. Thank you.
0: Thank Uh, you. Yeah, and thanks to everyone who was listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next one.
1: Yes, sir. (laughs) Later. Bye, everybody. Mm
0: -hmm.